Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. You're listening to our Veronica Mars rewatch slash watch for the first time <laughs> series, uh, season one, episode five. We're, I was about to be like, we're making headway, but there we... It's a, it's a normal length season, and I'm so not used to like old network style length seasons. Yeah. How are you? Do you, are you hating the normal length? I say normal, the old school length, uh, seasons. No, I'm enjoying, they really like, they pace things differently. Obviously like knowing you're gonna have like 22 episodes in a season versus eight to 10, obviously, especially with this sort of like procedural kind of angle. Although it's not really, there weren't really like cases in these two, but anyways, it's, I don't know. It's maybe harder to get sucked into the show, but like I could see just sort of like mindlessly watching more episodes. Like it's interesting the way we're doing talking about each episode, because I feel like I'm like, well, not a lot happened to this episode. And then the episode ends and I'm like, oh, I do want to watch the next one though. So it's sort of like, I don't know. I guess I'm saying I like it and I don't like it at the same time. It depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah. I think if I'm the other TV show that comes to mind of this time period, there are so many, but like Gilmore Girls is a very similar way. It's obviously less, there's less mystery. It's not, you're not trying to figure out something every episode, but it was sort of like, what happened? Rory lost a bracelet. That was the entire plot of this episode. Or like Lorelai didn't pick up her laundry. You know, like there's just like very small things that you can focus on. And it's more about, I don't know, the people. I, Gilmore Girls is very different, but just same length episode, same length season release schedule. Yeah, things were just a little slower, but still enjoyable. Still I think fun. Yeah. Uh, I would argue with the, there were no real cases in these last two episodes. We're going to talk about two episodes in one, but you will only be hearing one at a time. Yeah, this, dear well, listeners. I almost said that. And then I realized I might've been talking about episode six. Okay. So we're talking about episode five and yes. this is the one with the car theft. Exactly. This one is called, you think, you know, someone. Dun, dun, dun. And that is how I felt at the end of the episode. <laughs> Okay, that's good for them for picking an apt title. I thought um, I knew. I'll quickly, I'll just go through the like synopsis story beats so that we have a frame of reference. So in this episode, after a night in Tijuana, Troy and his buddies, so Troy is with his friends, one of them Logan, one of them I can't remember his name right now, should have written it down, um, finds himself in a tough situation when his car is stolen, his father's car, in fact, and he turns to Veronica for help. The situation is more tangled than she realizes, and what she finds ultimately changes her relationship with Troy. Meanwhile, in the background, Keith and Rebecca, the counselor, school counselor, begin dating, and Veronica seems cool with it at first and then realizes, oh, she's got some issues that she wasn't really addressing. She's not cool with it anymore. Um, And lastly, in this episode, Veronica makes a shocking discovery sort of about her mother, potentially about her mother, but more so about her. herself uh some situations involving herself so that's appropriately cryptic before we start talking about the episode i mean i think you're allowed to spoil, spoil. the episode where i mean we're going to so she's being outright stalked so yeah <laughs> that's what we she's find being out stalked oh wait i did know that 
Man, a lot of stuff <laughs> happened in that episode. I thought we were somehow talking about Troy again. No, no, no. That was the other the other subplot. Okay. The, oh my gosh. There was so much in this episode that was bizarre. Yeah. The Ooh, stalking okay. and the mom stuff. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I don't know if we're jumping right into it, but Go I was just, it. I'm just processing aloud because my takeaway from the episode was the Troy stuff. Like that's what I was left with. But yeah, there's stalking being connected to the mom leaving is, is sort of, I think what I was supposed to take away from that, that she didn't leave because she like didn't want to be there, but she left because there's danger. And somehow that is, I don't know, connected to the stalking pictures. Yeah. Is that right? Am I wrong? Yes. Did you tell no. me? <laughs> I think there's a lot of Veronica speculating, being like, okay, clearly I didn't understand the full picture. My mom was being sent these threatening photos of me in like a, it looks like a gunshot angle, like the the way that the, or just like a really I long, I think that's like, supposed to be like a long camera lens. A long even camera lens. Those, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not yeah. like how that works, but that's fine. They don't get printed out with the yeah, like, scope on that. <laughs> that might be what you see through the camera lens, but that's definitely not how they print. Right. So, I mean, they look very threatening. She's being, she doesn't realize she's being photographed. So someone hired someone to follow Veronica. And then we get a few flashbacks of Veronica's mom coming to school and like begging her to come with her and um, leave and just sort of like get away. So we don't know for sure what, how this all connects. I don't think we're supposed to, be making any big leaps and bounds of like, ah, she left because of the danger, but more so Veronica is like, okay, there was something weird happening. My mom was scared. It's not just that she felt like me and my dad weren't worth hanging around anymore. Um, so yeah, there's just more to this situation than meets the eye, which I feel like we already knew. We're just getting sort of breadcrumbs of possible connections. Well, I feel like I didn't really know that, except that you sort of insinuated it before. Like, I don't think as the viewer, it was really clear at all that the mom didn't just leave. Yeah, that's my bad. I can't remember what I said in particular, but yeah. You said she was missing or something like that instead of Mm. that she left. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Because I thought she left them. Got it. And that's the way it's portrayed up to this point is like, she just like left them and I don't know, started a new life. It gets a little bit weird when Veronica starts like tracking her down. But as the viewer, I think you're still supposed to think like, oh, she's just sad. Her mom left her and she like wants to find her. But then this was the first time it was like, oh, her mom maybe left because yeah, of danger or something connected to something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And then the only other thing that we get about her mother in this episode as long as we're on that topic, is the voicemail at the end. So she, she sends out these non-traceable phones to all the places that she thinks her mom might be, friends, like old friends that she thinks she might be staying with. Kind of similar to the um, Finding the Father episode, a couple, like episode two or three. Uh, what happened to that? I don't remember. The kid, I can't remember anyone's name right now, the kid who... Um, tries to dupe Veronica into hanging out with him by saying like, help me find my yeah. father. But, but they're like sending letters out to all different locations. This is like a similar tactic, but with phones and uh, Veronica's mom does wind up calling her, goes straight to voicemail and she doesn't give her any, she doesn't tell her which. And it goes to her voicemail because she's sleeping and doesn't hear the phone ring. And I'm thought to myself, that will be so sad to discover when she discovers it. Yeah. But do we, uh, I'm trying to, 
I'm going to make a note for myself to say this in episode six, because this okay. is not the episode six podcast. <laughs> maybe in the future we do two episodes at once. Cause I feel like that's, I don't know, maybe that works better, but um, yeah, we can. I felt like in that moment, like, damn, Veronica's going to be so upset, but yeah. So is that the mom? I said very little in my notes about the mom. Me too. Oh, I just wrote, okay. So mom is missing. Which is actually not even really true, but like in that was like, a like for me. Like there's a lot yeah, of I like that you yeah are excited about it. I was like because she had didn't leave, and I I think it was well you had said maybe that she was missing, and that was what I like keyed in on a couple episodes ago, a couple podcast episodes ago. But mm. anyways, I think I think yeah, I don't I don't think we found out any new information really. So let's move on to. No, we don't know how this connects to anything. Another subplot. So, okay. So Veronica's pulled in to help find Troy's father's missing car. Um, His buddy, whose name I'm going to remember at any second, um, Luke, we find out is super upset about it because he had gotten steroids in a piñata from Tijuana and was hoping to give them to scary gym owner. And now that the car is stolen, he can't do that. And he's getting sort of followed and threatened by this guy who uh, is upset that he didn't follow through on his promise. So Veronica's working for boyfriend Troy, but also that gets approached by Luke. And he's like, please help me save my hide. And so she goes on her, you know, Mary PI way doing her thing. Um, I have one note about some of the, like when they were looking for the car, she goes to Weevil and asks Weevil for help because his uncle owns one of the car chop shop type things. And she's asking him, she's using Weevil as a translator, it seems, but she's talking to Weevil in English. And then Weevil asks her, his uncle questions in English. And then his uncle responds in Spanish. And I get that maybe she needed Weevil to do the introduction, but it felt weird that she was like, ask him this. And then Weevil would speak in English. Rather yes, than Veronica in English. Just I did not pick up on that, but that is hilarious. It was so strange. That uh, is yeah. so weird. I just said, why was he necessary? LOL. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my main comment on the investigative aspect of this episode. I don't know if you had any notes about. Mine was about the, I guess, the DMV and how dad, again, just willing to impersonate people and lie to people. Like, that just feels so wrong to me. Yeah. He pretends to be like a cop or something, doesn't he? Or what does he pretend to be this time? Oh. No, he pretends to be like a rich guy's assistant like or something. I don't know. It's just, like again, that. I was like, he's just really, he's really willing to do that, huh? Yeah, I have no idea how accurate that is to the life of a real PI. Yeah, like, like maybe they do really impersonate people and lie and whatever else. Or this is slander to the PIs of the world. I did like, um, I do have another note. I think in this episode it is where someone call. oh, Wallace maybe calls Veronica uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo. And she's like, excuse me, I'm Daphne. You're definitely a Velma. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I mean, in a nice way. <laughs> mm. We'll unpack that later. But I think I am too. I don't think I'm a Daphne. I don't think she's a Daphne. Daphne's supposed to be kind of ditzy. No, mm, I don't know. Whoa. Daphne? 
I mean, that's how she's portrayed. She's portrayed as being like a little ditzy, but like in the end, she's, you know, she's clever and observant, but like a little shallow, maybe is the word I want, hmm. which I don't think, I don't think you are. So it's a compliment. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I would say, I would say Veronica Mars is Daphne-esque in some ways. I, would I don't say get that character. I, I still, to like five episodes in, this Veronica Mars character makes no sense to me. I don't, How so? Some, something is not working for me. Like this, she's supposed to be this like oddly precocious, sort of like sassy, easily lies to people, like junior PI as a high schooler. But she used to be cool and like popular. And I just don't buy it. I don't like it, this character doesn't make sense to me. What do you mean? What about her being cool and popular is a disconnect with sassy and because in high school, when you're cool and popular, you're like just trying to fit in. You're not like being your own little junior PI and like messing stuff up for everybody left and right. Like she like is always in people's business. No one would like her. Well, they don't right now. That's the whole thing. She wasn't being did a she, PI. Did she used went... to be? So she wasn't no, before. Like no. she wasn't doing any of this before. So she was cool and like trying to fit in. And now she's just like, Epic. screw everyone. I'm yeah. a PI. Okay. So when when I say that out loud, doesn't it sound a little crazy? <laughs> I mean, yes, it's a TV show. That. That's the point. But it's just like, it's it's jarring to me still. I think she was always very smart and precocious and sassy. I think now her, I think all of anything that was channeled into like having friends and being popular and being on the pep squad is now like helping her dad with his business and also learning how to just like get information out of people. Like she's become jaded. It's a little weird. It's like a weird origin story, but it's not, I don't know. I feel like she'd be more resentful. Maybe that's the piece that feels missing to me. Like if all of her friends were really treating her like an outcast and her dad, wouldn't she have more like anger built up? Instead, she's just like, oh, she's kind of like flippant, but she's not really like angry. But I think a lot of people respond that way when they're like, they don't want the other person to know that they're affected. But we don't see even her inner world doesn't really seem angry. She seems hurt. I feel like, especially in her interactions with Duncan and sometimes Logan afterwards. I don't know. We'll, Maybe. We'll I'm not going to, I mean, it's only episode five and you've seen more than I have. So I'm assuming the character development builds, but it is a slow. And maybe this yeah. comes back to what we were saying before with the long seasons is like, there's, I feel like, yeah, I think so. They're giving us pieces of her personality, but like not really showing us enough to make it super believable, especially with all the flashbacks. I think it's just hard to piece mm-hmm. it all together at this point having only a handful of episodes yeah i trust that it will it will all make sense in the end and it'll come together but it's it's still a little weird to me just being honest that that's fine um yeah i don't really have any (laughs) any other things to say about that except that it is a tv show and yes i think that any high schooler that is a pi probably doesn't have the time like i don't know where where you would find the time that's my the biggest unrealistic thing to me like when did she does her, do her homework i i don't know well didn't we learn that she's like failing all of her classes that was like the guidance counselor thing was like she's like doing badly suddenly in her classes no she's just being a jerk like she's not responding well to her teachers oh. i don't think she's failing anything 
I thought her um, grades were dropping as well. Mm-hmm. Just antisocial and doesn't want to play teacher's pet anymore. I see. That's the thing. She in this episode was wearing a rainbow colored skinny scarf around her neck. Oh, yeah. The skinny oh, yeah, scarf. Yeah, she was. Where's I just that the was fashion choices really remind me of middle school clothes in a bad way. It's not that's it's because we way. were in middle school when these clothes yeah. were popular. Yeah. Yeah. That is why I was getting like limited too from that skinny scarf. <laughs> Spooky. Oh, was, and the such great heights playing in the background of the car and then being like, I love this song. Like, I what was a, that? I have that uh, marked down. You know how every TV show in this era had they were like it would introduce new music is that why did veronica think, Mars make such great heights popular no it definitely well didn't. i don't know about that but i do also, think, think barely playing well they play it twice but they do yeah, mention they're like again. oh i love this song they like take a moment to to call it out i was like why did they call that out yeah i think because they were maybe being paid to promote the song or just like there was song placement almost product placement but yeah i have that as my uh as a note to the Postal Service, which is a band that I don't remember any other songs by except Such Great Heights. Uh, I Do don't you? either, but isn't the lead singer of that? Like, he's a guy. He's a person. He, from I like mean, a thing. No, no, no. From a, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I think he either had a solo album or later uh, was in Death Cab for Cutie. Is that James Tamborello? It is. It is Gibbard? Ben Gibbard. Ben Gibbard he is okay. the lead vocalist and guitarist of Death Cab for Cutie. Oh. And Postal Service was what they call a super group mm. of like where it's like other musicians. Jenny Lewis yeah, yeah. is the background vocalist. So the more you know, the more you know. Nice. I I liked hearing that song. It brought me back. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit of a jump scare when they were like, ooh, such great tunes. Okay, back to our conversation now. <laughs> it's just really, <laughs> really weird. Yep. I think uh, if we're going to come to the car plot, I have a lot of thoughts. Number one, did, it's just they just went to Tijuana. That's just normal. They're just like, let's just jet down to how far, first of all. I don't know how far that is. I remember off. looking this up the first time I ever watched it. Not that it's got to be like a, a couple hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. But like, why? Is it just like a place to party? What were they doing there? I think I yes, party. exactly. Your intuition. Yep. Intuition. Intuition. And then it's so insane that he didn't tell his dad that he lost the car. Like he was like, "Well, I'm going to get in so much trouble when he finds out." It's like, yes. Unfortunately, he will still find out whether you tell him today or you tell him when he comes home in what, like, two days. I mean, and he was like, we can't turn on theft protection because my dad will know. Well, just high schoolers making terrible choices. What can Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that is believable though. <laughs> it is believable. Punishment. But then as we find out later, it was all planned. He didn't want to turn on theft protection because he didn't care if the car was found. I think I missed something, to be okay. honest. All right. I, like when the stuff happened to the end. I mean, okay, I we're allowed to spoil things. I keep yeah, yeah. Totally. Why don't we find out that Troy is bad? Mastermind and Troy. So, and I was trying to like put it all together, but really, I was just like, I was like so shocked about the twist. But break this down for me. 
Mm-hmm. Explain explain the episode from the point of view of like, we now know everything. Like what was happening? Because I probably so, missed something. I always miss things. Troy has been uh, going to school here, basically biding his time in Neptune at Neptune High. He we learn that he has a record, which also comes up. Uh, Veronica's dad hands him hands her a bunch of stuff on him. He's got a record of like possession. Basically, he's like a low level drug dealer, but also he's been kicked out of a bunch of boarding schools, specifically with this one girl. Um, time and time again, his dad wants to send him to like doesn't really know what to do. He wants to send him to boarding school. Uh, so he essentially, like I said, is when he's in Neptune High, he starts to befriend people, but it's all like a game to him. It's he's just it's one long con of eventually I'm gonna get out of here and get back to my girl and we're gonna just like dick around with the, the money that we get from drugs or something. Like, I don't know, they're gonna figure something out. Uh not only does he have access to like money and power, even if his dad does want to punish him, he can kind of get around that, but also he's got like a devilish mind and can sell drugs. So in this episode, he's always planning to leave. So when they go to Tijuana, he's like set up this whole thing where Logan and Luke are partying, aren't really suspecting anything. Like he banks on them to not be super vigilant about anything. And when they stop at the border and he goes to the bathroom, he hides the pinata which he realizes that luke bought drugs like he he's been sober the entire time realizes that luke is acting weird about this piano pinata bought to, um what did he buy he bought steroids yeah and yeah. then so while they're hanging out in the restaurant he goes to the bathroom and hides the drugs and then like orchestrates the car getting stolen and then walks back in to the restaurant and is like, all right, let's leave. They all go out, realize the car's missing. He puts on the acting of his, like the the role of his lifetime and is like, oh my God, everything's awful. I can't believe my car is gone. I'm going to get so screwed. And then they call Veronica. Veronica picks them up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so now he, everything's gone according to plan. He just needs to wait for his dad to send him away from Neptune for the, over the next three days, he's chilling. He's like, I'm going to let Veronica follow these leads to nowhere. We're going to canoodle a little bit because I'm just like a bad dude. And eventually I'm going to go back, pick up the drugs, find like drive to my girl, sell the drugs. And we're going to have a grand old time doing our own thing. I think he's planning on dropping out of school and not doing anything. Just like riding on. So he's going to take the car that everyone thinks is stolen. That is one point that I don't really know. I don't know that's the, if that's the part I'm confused about. I don't know if he stashed the car somewhere and so I didn't just miss like that. removed. They don't. They don't show us that. Uh, I thought I missed that. I may have missed it too, but I don't think so. I don't think they show us specifically like this is the exact same car, unless we're being very observant, which I guess I wasn't. Yeah, I was not. So I was, that was the part where I was confused. Either he's organized for a different car to be available for him, or he just took out all of the like tracking and device and like set all of that up later. Um, And yeah, and got used his own car as the getaway car. Interesting. I was like, this is such a wild twist. 
it also was so random. Like, wh- why? Why did we randomly have this man enter? And then a few episodes later, he was lying to everyone and actually a terrible person. Because like, you can't why? trust anyone. Because you think you know people, Jess. You think you know someone. I guess so. And then maybe it's another, like, I don't know, check in the trauma column for Veronica. Is that mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be? Like, she can't trust anybody. Kind of. And I mean, you think you know someone as the title of this thing is Troy for sure, but it's also kind of her mom. And it's also kind of Rebecca. Like it, it applies to a bunch of people in this episode, but I think it is. Rebecca is the uh, guidance counselor that is dating her father. I thought Rebecca seemed nice. What was the deal? She did. No, I think it's just the, the like exchange of PI files. Veronica gets one on Rebecca and she says like, she's still married. Did you know that? Oh. And her dad's like, yes, I did. Like we've talked about it. It's a more complicated than you realize. I actually okay. was ready to defend Troy when Veronica was like, you didn't tell me that you were kicked out of school for drug possession and trafficking. I was like, you know, he's right. It's only been a month. He probably like totally. wasn't going to tell her that. But then also like what high school is going to kick out of school for drug possession and trafficking. It's one thing yeah. if it's possession, but like you're literally moving drugs you're clearly involved in the drug trade in some way and you don't disclose that i would be really mad if i were veronica but not in the like i can't believe you didn't tell me in the like i can't believe you're lying about your whole personality basically like i don't want to date you if you're in the drug trade (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's that seems fair but yeah so i don't know why i was ready to defend him I feel like I think I mean they set right. it up that way because it does seem unreasonable. Well, he like gaslights to... her, but I believe him. Oh yeah, he gaslit totally. all of us. Yeah, he did. I was wondering how you would feel about this twist. One because I know because he appeared in episode two, and now it's only been a like four episode arc, um, and now he's a villain. But I do feel like you weren't interested in his character at all. So the fact that he's gone now is sort of retribution like some kind of i don't know but again just kind of weird like i said that that he just like popped up what didn't really make sense wasn't really a good like wasn't an interesting character particularly and Mm -hmm. then he was a like a villain and now he's gone is he gone is he coming back does he ever come back he does come back yeah oh interesting Mm -hmm. well my last note on this episode just says, I want to watch more. And I don't remember why I read that or what that was about, but good for, good for this show. They've always got me in the last minute. (laughs) I swear like four out of five of these episodes, I've been like, oh yeah, this is fine. This is fine. And then the last like two minutes, I'm like, what the heck was that? (laughs) Nice. Which I guess is, is that just how all network TV worked in those days? Cause you had to wait a week. They had to keep you coming back. Wanted to hook you. I do have a question. If someone handed you a PI file on Matt, would you read it? Yeah, of course. Would I'm you talk to, to him about married it? to that guy. <laughs> would you talk to him about it? Would you be like, is there anything in here? Is there anything you'd like to tell me beforehand? Um, or would you just I straight up read it? It's interesting because in the reality of the situation, like I don't think he's ever committed a crime and not told me. So I don't know what sort of stuff it would dig up. I feel like if Lots anything, of I'd be worried tickets. that there would be... <laughs> Like stuff in there that like, oh, I don't know, actually. What does a PI file tell you? Just criminal records and stuff? Yeah, I don't give if <laughs> like if it's parking tickets and crap, like who cares? No, I don't I know what else curse, So we don't have to mark it as explicit. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't think it, I like just like 
in this actual situation, I don't think he'd done anything wrong. So I can't imagine caring about reading that. Say the hypothetical situation, like I just start dating somebody. Mm. I think I like them, but there's no, you don't really know somebody who's like new to school. I shouldn't really know him. In this case, I, it would be like, I don't know if I met someone on like a dating app or something. And like a month in, somebody gave me the file. Like, yeah, I want to know if I'm dating mm -hmm. a big liar. Would you? Yeah. Oh, I would too. But I do feel like it seems like a breach of trust in some ways. Like the way that Troy seemed before we realized he was gaslighting, where he was like, hey, if we'd known each other for more than a month, maybe I would have told you some of this stuff of my own accord. I was at that moment a little chagrined. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I would have, I would try to have a little bit more self-control and like hold on to the file and tell the person that I was dating and say like, Hey, I've got a bunch of information, but I haven't been reading it because I was like waiting for it to come up naturally. I don't know. It seems like a tricky situation, no matter I don't what. Know if there's any way to move forward with that. That isn't weird. Yeah. <laughs> because also like, did you look for it? Did you like hire a PI? Cause like, if so, that's crazy. Oh, like, that's crazy. But if someone like, I hired a PI and here's your file, like, please no. Right. In this situation, it's like her dad was like, here's everything I could find on Troy, your choice if you want to read it or not. But um, also you don't know people. I'm still on, I'm on the thing I just said, which was like, it'd be crazy if somebody hired a PI, but also like, if I meet somebody on a dating app, they don't know that I'm the person I say I am. They don't know anything about me. Like, why should they trust that I'm not a secret criminal or something? I don't know. Maybe criminal. we should all be looking at each other's PI files <laughs> as adults. Let's all spy Every on time one another. Make a new friend. I have, I don't know. I probably would. I would absolutely certainly read a PI file if given to me about anyone on this planet because I'm a nosy bitch. I would probably also read it. <laughs> I would might feel a little bad about it depending on what I found. Anyway, if we have no more notes on this episode, I mainly have some trivia facts because I like looking those up for the episodes. So I don't know if you noticed, Perfect. but Teddy Dunn as Duncan Kane is completely absent from this episode. He was just like not around. Thought that was interesting. Um, then there's a funny thing. The um, the faxed photo of the gym owner that was trying to get Luke for not uh, giving him the steroids. Veronica sends his picture to the Border Patrol office as someone to search for drugs. And when the Border Patrol officer removes the fax photo from the clipboard, as the guy Zygmunt is trying to cross into Mexico, the wanted notice underneath states in part, all this stuff is supposed to be in Spanish. However, the person who usually translates for us is on vacation. So just act like this is in Spanish. If you pause at that point, you can read that block of text underneath. Wait, like that was a mistake from the props department or like, what do you mean? I don't know if it was a mistake or they just left it in because they thought it was funny, like a little Easter egg. That's so funny. Just pretend this is in Spanish. Um, another little fun fact is that the guy who played Luke, Sam Huntington, and the guy who played Troy, Aaron Ashmore, both went on to play the character Jimmy Olsen in different adaptations of the Superman comics. So Luke's really? actor, yeah, was Olsen in a feature film, uh, Superman Returns in 2006. And then Ashmore took over the role of Olsen on the small screen in Smallville. I don't know if you ever watched Smallville. Mm, only like one episode here or there. My dad liked okay. it, I think. Yeah. So that's fun. They were both Jimmy Olsen. Um, another fun fact, which maybe you already knew, but Luke, Sam Huntington appeared in an iZombie episode, Brainless in Seattle, part one. Who? Oh, I didn't recognize that man at all. Was he in one episode as like as random background zombie? 
probably not a background zombie, but, um, Luke was the guy who was freaked out because he tried to buy the steroids and then. Yeah. I don't think I recognize recognize him, but anyway, at the end of this one, we realize at the end of this episode, we realize that nothing is as it seems it is with anyone, especially her mom and Troy. And so that's where we leave this episode and you wanted to know more. So I did. We'll catch up very soon. Yeah, very soon. See ya in a minute. And for those of you listening, see you next week. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take Podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.